Hey, good morning, everybody. How are y'all today? Better? Did I hear someone say better? <laughs> That's awesome. Let's pray real quick. Oh, we just uh, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you're here right now. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We just we love your presence. There is nothing like you in our midst. It's what we're after, Lord. It's you. We're after you. So we just we just ask Holy Spirit, you just keep coming, keep moving. Speak to us this morning. Do what you want to do this morning, Lord. Be Lord of our service. Be Lord of this body. Be head of this body in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, um, this morning, I, I really feel like we're just supposed to continue on the theme that we've been talking about for the past couple weeks and also what's been going on this morning, I think. Um, and it really, we, we have a lot of churchy words for it and stuff like that, but you guys kind of know it's like hosting the presence of God or, or um, waiting on the Lord. And um, I feel like the, the Lord wants to, to kind of dig a little more deeper into it and, um, and just kind of sit and wait in this place of, of what he's doing in our body. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but he's training us. And he's preparing us by the things that he's speaking to us, you know? And there's been this theme, if you guys haven't been here for, uh, oh gosh, past, what, couple months, really, since maybe November, about waiting on the Lord. Not just like waiting for the sake of waiting, but waiting because he's our focus, he's our aim. We want to see what he's doing. Um, and... And we really want to make a place for him to be welcome here. And um, I'm going to quiz you guys here. How many of you guys know our vision statement? We've, we've been trying to hammer that in to get everybody uh, on the same page here. Who, who here remembers? What's our vision statement? What, what I, hear, I heard something. Presence, yeah, pursuing his presence, creating a healthy community, equipping the saints, right? <laughs> wow, you guys remember that? Who here remembers that's our vision? <laughs> yeah, that's our vision statement. And we got, this isn't a vision statement that we were like, huh, what are some good ideas that, you know, we didn't get in this like, you know, committee and like, okay, what's our vision statement? We didn't, <laughs> that's not how we just came up. We spent time with the Lord together. We asked the Lord, and he initiated this vision for our body here. And uh, so it's important for us to catch that vision, and that's why uh, you'll hear me repeating it over and over again because sometimes we get a little off track with things. But, but the first thing that, that he told us to be about was a pursuing his presence, his presence, making that the most important thing of our body. You know, a lot of us, we, we, a lot of us put other things before that and because we think they're good ideas or that we think um, 
there's just we see so much need out there and we're like we got to do this we got to meet that need we got to do this we got to do that when really if you put the the cart before the horse if you put his presence before trying to meet these needs you'll you'll just run run yourself ragged and you won't meet any of those needs or you might do an okay job at meeting some of them but if we pursue his presence first if we make him first if we we make that our goal if we make the one thing the main thing all of those other things are going to come those needs are going to be met I don't know about you guys, but like one, and we talked about this many times, one minute in the presence of God, one second in the presence of God can do a lifetime of what we can do in our own strength. So that's why we're after his presence. That's why we're after the manifest presence of God, and we're going to make that the number one thing, and it is going to offend people like Travis was saying. Some people are like, why are they always just singing songs all the time? Why are they, doing, <laughs> why are they jumping around acting crazy? You know what I mean? Because guess what? The Lord loves worship. He is, John 4 says that he is literally seeking. He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Man, I want to be a I want him to find me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um so that's why we're about these things and 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 we're getting <laughs> we're learning here. I hope you guys if anything just we need to have grace for each other and we need to have grace for our body. We're learning how to do this thing. You know, and uh, you've heard me talk a lot about it, and well, I'll get in the message here, but I just feel like this, <laughs> you heard me talk a lot about the Welsh revival, right? There is a specifically a prophetic word released in the 70s by Derek Prince that our area would see a revival, a move of the Holy Spirit greater than the Welsh revival. And how, if you guys don't know the Welsh revival, 100,000 people were saved in a year in this little dinky country called Wales where there was no internet, no telephone. Well, maybe there was a telegram at that point, <laughs> but there was no internet. There was no like cars necessarily. Right? It was, it was a, a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord wants to do that here in our in in this area. Amen. There's been word after word, confirmation after confirmation that He wants to move here. And a lot of you guys are here strategically. You moved here, or God really moved you, or tricked you into coming here. <laughs> that was me, because you are supposed to help. You're supposed to be part of it. How many of you guys are actually from Wilmington? See what I'm saying? Most of you guys moved here. Now, those who, who are from Wilmington, hey, you're special. <laughs> the Lord just said, like, hey, I'm placing them there. They need to be here the whole time. <laughs> but God does want to move in this, in this way. And, and I've, been doing I've been studying up on the Welsh Revival, and, and they would, Evan Roberts, who was kind of like, the spearhead of this thing. God used many people in this revival, but like it was him and a small group of people that, were, that literally learned how to host the presence of God. They literally would practice 
waiting on the Lord, finding out what the Holy Spirit liked and doing that. And there was like, it was, they were just, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't clean. It wasn't like this professional church service, you know, which I have nothing against how a lot of uh, the parts of the body are using Sunday mornings as evangelistic tools. It's awesome. That's what they're called to do. We're not called to do that, don't think. (laughs) I mean, we're supposed to preach the gospel on Sunday and, and, you know, continue to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But our pursuit, our, our purpose is, is his presence. And, um, and seeing and being part of this move of the Holy Spirit that he wants to do here in Wilmington, North Carolina, in this dinky little town on the coast. So anyway, I feel like the Lord is doing the same thing within us. I don't know if you've noticed it, but there's like, I almost kind of feel like there's like more of like, almost like a freedom on Sunday mornings from like kind of a, uh, how do I say this nicely? Um, I mean, let's just be real. You know, Sunday mornings are, are, are a tradition, and there's so much tradition wrapped up in some of them. Are, some of it's really good. Some of it's not so good. But when we make a formula for meeting with God or, or like um, getting to know God or following God, then then we're we're putting we're putting the, the Ark of the Covenant, if you guys can hear this, on a cart. And uh, when we're, we're actually supposed to, to carry it on our shoulders. And um, so I, I just, uh, I, I've been feeling like there's like a, been a freedom for us to do this together. And a freedom of like, well, not necessarily not caring what people think, because uh, we love people. You know, and the Lord loves, he's, that's what he's about. He's about people. <laughs> he's about relationship. But if we put that before him, you know, then we get things mixed up and, and, and things, we get off track. So I feel like the Lord's been kind of freeing us up to just, just pursue him without, uh, with, with uh, abandonment, I think uh, is like the phrase a lot of people use. And not caring what people think, only caring about what he likes and he is about. You know, uh, you guys heard me uh, talk about this, Ephesians 5.10. It says, find out what pleases God. Find out what pleases the Lord. Like literally, how do we do that? How do we find out what pleases the Lord? Well, first off, we know this is number one way right? We find out what he likes from his word. And we find out just by practicing pursuing him together as a body, you know? Okay, man, when, when, when we felt like he was going here and we jumped that and we took a step of faith that he wanted us to, to sing that song or he wanted us to, to shout or whatever, man, the presence of God came, you know? There is a practical way of, of pursuing the Lord together as a body. You know, we do it individually in our one-on-one time with, with the Lord. Hopefully daily we're doing that. But we can also do that together as a, as a family, as a body. And so that's what we're trying to do here. And I feel like that's what the Holy Spirit's been doing over the past couple of months is kind of like sort of freeing us up from sort of 
our our schedule or our our order of the service and and allowing him literally to be the lord of our service because scripture says where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and the and the lord is the spirit if we make him lord over our services all these things will be added to us all the things that we're pursuing, the salvation of, of our, our neighbors, of our coworkers, of our family members, the healings of, of, of people's bodies and of their hearts, you know, the deliverance of those that are getting kicked up and beat up by the enemy. Man, I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, I'm excited. <laughs> And it's just, it just feels freeing, you know? You guys are free to go after the Lord. To, we're free together to go after the Lord. Even, in, even if we look like a fool. <laughs> when you start seeing me dancing up here, then you know the Holy Spirit's coming. That's what uh, Travis is. <laughs> you definitely know it's the Holy Spirit if you see me dancing, okay? Anyway. All right, so let's find out together. Let's together find out what pleases the Lord. You know, and because um, that should be our pursuit. Galatians 1.10, for if I am now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. We're not here to please men. We want to please him. Because here's the thing, because we know when we please him, it ultimately will bless men. You know what I'm saying? It's not like one or the other. When we pursue him, when we please him, when we see his presence come together as a body, it will ultimately, the result will be the benefit of our town, of our city, of our region. And God's looking. He's seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for somebody because that's his desire. He wants to do this. We didn't initiate this plan or this idea. We didn't initiate even the vision statement. This was on his agenda from the beginning. But he's bringing us to a place where we can actually follow him with abandonment to listen and, um, and we talked about it a little bit today. I'm going to be jumping around here. I feel like it just, I'm just going to go where he's going, right? So, and we're going to read a little bit. It was, Greg was singing a little bit of it today. If you guys want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to go to Numbers 9. And Greg was singing about this. And you guys, a lot of you guys are very familiar with this. We use this as kind of a, a catchphrase in, in the body about following the cloud and you know what I mean? Um, pursuing his presence. But I really feel like this is what the Lord's doing right now within our body. And he has been doing it for the past couple of months. And uh, I'm going to start in verse 17. So just some backstory for you guys who aren't familiar with this whole story. So, you know, you've got the Israelites. They, just, they left Egypt. Moses went up. He got the, the plan for the tabernacle and the Ten Commandments. He's got the law. And they build this tabernacle where the presence of God would come. 
literally in their midst, physically, supernaturally. There was a cloud during the day and a, a pillar of fire or a cloud with fire in it at night. And it would be continually, it would be upon the, this tent of meeting or the tabernacle, they would call it. And it was a, uh, a, a natural picture of literally God in their midst. God Almighty, literally in their midst. I mean, can you imagine that? Just like going outside your front door and just seeing like uh, at night, seeing a pillar of fire. I mean, whoa, I'm pointing up right there. It looked like that right up there. <laughs> this pillar of cloud or pillar of fire. You just walk out your front door and be like, whoa, there's God over there. <laughs> you know, that's pretty crazy. Sometimes we kind of just like don't really picture this and we kind of take this scripture for granted, but they literally had God Almighty the God and creator of the universe in their midst. So anyway, so starting in verse 17, whenever the cloud was lifted over the tent, this, the tabernacle, afterward the sons of Israel would then set out, and in the place where the cloud settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. And as long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, or the tent of meeting, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would keep the Lord's charge and not set out. If sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle, according to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. If sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning, when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would move out, or if it remained in the daytime and at night, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. <laughs> you guys getting this? There's a lot of repetition here, but there's a point. Okay. Whether it was two days or a month, or even a year that the cloud lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it, the sons of Israel remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they did set out. All right. So there's a lot of like in and out and following this and that and this. And this is a this is really is a picture of the Lord. He was training Israel. And preparing them for something. What do you guys think? What was the Lord preparing them for? Following. Yeah, following. What, obedience? I think I heard obedience. Yeah. Why? Where were they going? To the promised land. The land of giants. Because, you see... He was training them, yeah, to trust. He was training them to follow. He was training them to be dependent on what he was doing. Does this remind you of uh, John chapter 5? Does anybody know the John chapter 5? I only see what my father, I only do what I see my father doing. This was a picture. And if, and if you guys are hearing me, uh, I, I kind of on purpose 
kind of emphasized <laughs> that's cool uh i emphasize a certain word you guys know what word i was hopefully when i just read sons sons so he was preparing them to be sons he was preparing them for for the promised land because he knew that if they were left to their own good ideas and good timing and committees and programs that they would get their butt kicked trying to take the promised land. So he was preparing them, training them to be led by his spirit, right? Because what does Romans eight fourteen say? You guys know it? They're what of God? They're sons. They're sons of God. Do you guys get this? John 3, it says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from, where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. He's training us, just like he trained the Israelites to be completely dependent on where and when the cloud lifts or stays. Now, this can be very applicable to your own life because many times when we're, we're, we as sons, and you, and you ladies, you, you are sons too, okay? This isn't gender confusion here. This is an inheritance. Only, only the, the sons receive the inheritance. So you are spiritually sons. But um, he, he, we are led by the Spirit of God because we are sons of God. Because whatever you're led by determines your identity. So if you are a son of the Father, you're going to be led by him. But if, if, you're, if you're being led by fear, and it's interesting that like the scripture goes right into that uh, in Romans 8.14. Let's read it. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So if you see that, and we see this in the church, we see sons of God, born-again Christians, not being led by the Spirit, but being led by fear. They are making decisions based on them trying to control the situation because they don't know that their Abba Father is a good father. He loves them. He's the richest person in the universe. He is the most loving, most gracious, the good father. And so they, they, they don't trust and they follow fear. They make decisions based on fear. Fear of what people are going to say. Fear of not having enough money. Fear, all this stuff. And I just encourage you guys, when you guys are making decisions, make decisions as sons of the Father. Like, Lord, what is the motivation of this decision? Is it fear of something? Or is it because I'm being led by you? So the Lord, he's training us in this, and and. This is very applicable to your, your, 
personal life and your one-on-one time with the Lord and your family, but it's also applicable uh, for us as a church. You know, are we being led by the Spirit of God? And He's training us to be led by the Holy Spirit. And and you know, guess what? Sometimes we're going to miss it, <laughs> and that's okay. You know, there's grace for us to like pursue this together and mess up and maybe miss it sometimes. It's okay. There's grace for us to grow and to mature into this thing. I'm going to tell you right now, Evan Roberts and his little crew, they didn't get it right every single time. There were some prayer meetings that they had that were probably, they were just dead. (laughs) And that's okay. There was grace for them to grow into this. And uh, there's grace for us to grow into it because God wants us to grow into it. He wants us to get there. All right, so how do we do this practically, you know, together as a body? You know, and I think, I think we, even you guys, there was like a demonstration of it this morning. As you know, like, I don't know, Greg, did you and Melissa, did you guys wrote, did you write down every single thing you guys were singing and playing this morning? No, I mean, how how did you? Where were you going? How did you know to sing those songs, sing those words, play the 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 instruments, or, or Rayleigh or Josh? How did you guys know? Yeah, yeah, and and so are you looking? Are you looking for where he's going? Yeah, <laughs> not to put words in your mouth, but yeah. Right, right. You, you know, this is something we can practically do together. You know, you don't, this isn't just for like the worship team up here. You guys, when you're out here, when we're worshiping together, be looking for where he's going, what he wants to do, what's going to please him that morning, this morning or whatever time you're together with him. We're talking about home groups, talking about any time you're together with him, with believers, that we can practically do this. Don't just wait for the worship leaders to like, oh, wait, let's wait on them to, to kind of get something for us so us, for us to go. No, engage him. God wants us all to be going together. Does that make sense? And sometimes you don't feel like it. I'm just to be real with you. Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm not feeling it this morning. I just, I'm tired or whatever, you know, whatever the excuse is or whatever. But like, uh, man, let's not waste this opportunity. Let's still engage whether our flesh wants to or not and just say like, Lord, where are you today? What are you doing today? How can I, I please you today? How can I host your presence today? And you know, if we all do that together, we will go so much higher and further together than we could ever really go by ourselves, honestly. And um, so we could practically do this. This isn't just kind of like some cool Old Old Testament picture where we're just following this cloud, you know what I mean, like theoretically. We can practically, literally follow the Holy Spirit, what he's doing in our midst, and we can just step out in faith and move with him because we're sons, right? Right? If you, the Lord, I remember this one time, um, uh, this one service, I, I remember, you know, we were worshiping, we we're singing some songs, and um, I was just kind of, I was doing that, I was like just, just worshiping, 
and uh, just asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you doing today? What are you, what's going on today? And then I was just kind of looking around, and I saw uh, Mary Kerr. Uh, she starts like doing this weird march thing like around the aisles. <laughs> and I'll be honest, my first thought, and I told her this, so she, she, my first thought was like, man, what is Mary doing? <laughs> Those crazy intercessors are doing... <laughs> And um, and I just and she just started like walking around this thing, and then and I tell you what, after she finished, like the manifest presence. Okay, I'm not talking about the tingly. Okay, Lord, you're here by faith. The manifest weighty presence of God like showed up, and I remember because <laughs> Travis over here was boohooing over here. <laughs> I think Josh, uh, your your, cousin, uh, your nephew, he was doing the same thing. But you could sense it. I mean, you could physically feel the presence of God because she saw something in the Spirit. She was watching what the Holy Spirit was doing, and the Holy Spirit was saying, "Mary, I'm walking around this this uh, aisle here. You're going to look like an idiot, but just go ahead and do it." Man, I am so glad she took a step of faith to look like an idiot. She didn't look like an idiot, but you know what I'm saying? Like to our carnal mind, that stuff looks foolish because guess what? What happened? It benefited the whole body. She didn't wait for the worship leader or the pastor to come up front and be like, okay, everybody, let's get in the conga line and do our little Holy Spirit conga line thing or whatever, you know, that stuff happens too. (laughs) I mean, the Holy Spirit could tell one of us to do that, but she didn't wait for that. She just heard and saw. She was a a daughter, a son. She is led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was saying, Mary, if you do this, I don't know what exactly the, the dialogue was, but ultimately it was like, do this, see what happens. And so the Holy Spirit showed up and made the pastors boo-hoo. <laughs> Hey, boohoo me all day, Lord. <laughs> Your presence comes, you know? I am a boohooer when his presence comes, but, you know. But one, because one moment, one moment in that his presence, better is one day in your courts than how many elsewhere? Thousands, years, one day. He could do one, he could do miracles in one day that would take us a lifetime to see fruit from. Deliverance. He could touch somebody. One touch could heal that woman with the issue of blood who was for 12 years seeking healing through doctors. One touch. This is, gonna, this is happening here, and it's going to continue to happen. He wants this to happen here. We're one touch from him. People come in and off of the streets, or us going out, or at home groups, where his presence comes, or we're carrying his presence. One touch. Save years of counseling. One touch can set those plagued by anxiety and fear. One touch. 
That's why I am going to be unapologetically pursuing this one thing together. As long as the Lord has me here, I'm going to pursue this one thing because I know ultimately, man, it's going to bless my, my neighbor. It's going to bless me. It's going to bless my family. It's going to bless my kids. For my kids to experience the manifest presence of God. I'm telling you one thing. That is what changed my life. When I remember I walked into this, uh, this uh, Wesleyan church. The Wesleyan church is a Methodist church. How many of you guys been to a Methodist church? How many of you guys been to one where the Holy Spirit's doing something? That's awesome. Yes. Because he is doing stuff in some of these Methodist churches. But most of the Methodist church is like pretty dry and shriveled up, honestly. And they're going this crazy direction right now. Pray for the Methodist church. They're, our, they're part of our body. But um, my sisters took me to this, this Wesleyan church where the Holy Spirit showed up and was moving. And I just remember I was not walking with the Lord. I remember walking into that church and the manifest presence of God touched me. It completely shifted the direction of my life. This one time. Now, it was time after time after time after time, because I needed a lot of work, and I still do. <laughs> I was waiting for that. And I know I'm kind of going off a little bit here, but you guys know what I'm talking about here. It's his presence that we're after. And I remember, actually, I remember with James, James, you were, I remember that one time, I'm just going as the Holy Spirit showing me stuff, just <laughs> drag with me. I remember we were looking at a Suzuki sidekick, and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for this guy as I'm sitting there waiting for him to meet us. I remember my, my, my neck started hurting really bad. I'm like, what did I do to my neck? What in the world? And the Holy Spirit's, come on, Paul, you know my voice. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, Lord. This guy have a hurt neck, da, da, da. So the guy shows up, sure enough, he was in a car accident, I think, or something like that, and his neck was all jacked up. And I just remember like, put, laying my hands on it, on it, and we were praying, and he just kind of like, he just kind of like went back a little bit, and he was like, and I was like, yeah. I mean, we felt the presence of God. I felt it literally go out of my hands onto this guy, and he just, and he felt it, because he kind of like went, back, you know what I mean? And like, I was like, yeah, you felt that? I was like, you're, that's the Lord. He loves you. You're his son, you know? It was awesome, you know? And and um, anyway, like that, that is one touch, his presence, it's everything. And um, so that's what he's training us. He wants to see a move of God here in Wilmington more than I do, more than all the people here in this room and all the churches here. He wants to see it more than any of us. So He's graciously training us to take this promise, just like he graciously was working with the, uh, the Israelites, the sons of the Israelites, to, to step into the promise. Okay? Where are we at? Gosh. All right. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I didn't even really get to go into the main part of the mes message, but I, I hope you guys... I think this is what the Lord wanted to talk about this morning. Thank you. You know, the scripture says the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Now, he's not sure mountains can melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, physical mountains, but that was a symbolism of the, the big things, the high, exalted things that can 
um, like when Jesus said, whoever says this mountain be taken up and cast in the sea, I think that'll happen. You know, I mean, that can happen. I mean, I believe in that, but that's, it's, a, it's a message that the big things in our life can be moved, can be disappeared, and it's at the presence of the Lord. And so what Paul's talking about is like, we got all these issues. I mean, all of us. I mean, I got issues, you got issues, everybody's got issues. Nobody's arrived yet. We got things that need healing, and I'm, and I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about things healed inside of us. We're just broken people. We got, you know, Paul, you know, the, the standard bearer of apostles, you know, he said in Romans 7 that the things he wishes to do, he did not do, and the things he did not want to do, he did, and who can save me from this wretched man that I am? He talked about sin, living in the flesh, and how... God, but he said, thank God to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have things that need to be done, but the presence of God is, will fix you faster than anything. And I'm telling you, I'm having experienced it when he was talking about me boohooing. <laughs> when, you, when, it come, when you feel him like that, it's a game changer. Something, he's rewiring something. He's doing something that I don't care if I boohoo the rest of my life if I can feel what I was feeling at that moment. It is amazing. And the scripture says that these mountains, these issues that we have, they melt like wax in his presence. And that's why we're pursuing this. I mean, we're pursuing it because he wants us to. I mean, that's, but what will happen is as we pursue this and we get in his presence, these things are going to, things are going to get dealt with. I remember, um, we, when I was a young youth pastor, I had ended being, I was no longer the head youth pastor. I took a, a, a sabbatical per, per se, and then I came back and was going to be working with a couple of other of my peers uh, at Morningstar in Charlotte to lead the youth again, but we were doing it together as a team, and I was young and uh, strong-willed and arrogant, and, and, and they were too. A lot of selfish ambition, my way, you know, we wanted our way. And we, there was conflict right off the bat. You, you could feel it, you know. We, we were all button heads, like young, prideful, selfish, ambitious young people who loved God, who wanted to know God but had, you know, hadn't been ground down a little bit. And so what happened was... Um, we were just like, you know what, let's, let's just come together and pray together. And I can't remember if we prayed daily together or if it was weekly. I don't even remember. But we decided that we wouldn't do anything, make any decisions or do anything until we prayed together. And we would come and we would just spend time praying. And, you know, we'd pray for 45 minutes or something. And the presence of the Lord would start coming. And I'm not talking like, you know, like necessarily like every time that it was like knock you down glory, but there was, uh, there was a, a presence of the Lord. It was just like a, and in his presence, the scripture says to humble yourself in the presence of the Lord. And when we get in his presence, there's something humbling that it does inside of you. There's so many things that happen when you get in his presence. And all of a sudden we started loving one another and we became tight and it was because the presence of the Lord. It did what we couldn't do. It humbled us. Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord. And there's lots of things like that. The scripture says, um, at thy right hand, you know, in thy presence, 
is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of y'all, you're walking around with depression and hopelessness, and you don't have strength to move on because you don't have the joy. And the joy comes from His presence. And we're trying to pursue all these fixes to fix our lives, and we need them. But we're doing it in our own strength when we don't come first. Lord, I need you. I need your presence. I can't fix me, but you can. So I'm going to start seeking your presence. And when your presence comes, I know, I know from experience now, that's the fixer. That's the fixer. So. Yeah, it's him. It's him in our midst. You know, him tangibly, physically in our midst. Where two or three are gathered, he is literally in our midst. Sometimes we can feel it, sometimes we can't. It doesn't have to do anything about feeling. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When he comes in power, you feel it. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Although, I mean, there are times I pray for people and I don't feel anything and stuff happens too. But it's not about feelings. It's about him. And I just think practically, I feel like the Lord wants to encourage us together. Just like Mary saw what the Holy Spirit was doing and, and she stepped out in faith even if she looked a little silly. And it benefited the rest of us. Let's do that together. Okay? Sunday mornings, home groups. You guys are hanging out at Starbucks you're going to go look at a Suzuki sidekick together. <laughs> or what are you doing? Where's the cloud? You want me to stay? You want me to go? Whether it's, I, I just thought it was so interesting in that passage where it actually described, it's like, I mean, it's like, Lord, okay, I, we're getting it. All right? He keeps repeating himself. But then he says, whether it takes uh, like a morning or like two months, I can't remember the exact words, or a year. Follow him, whatever he's doing. Cause, and I think he did that because our natural tendency is to like, oh man, we, nothing's going on. We got to make something happen. I'm, and you feel uneasy. There's some awkwardness, kind of, you know, all that stuff, that fear really kind of stirs up. Hey, let's just relax. Let's trust he's a good father and that we're sons and that he's going to lead us. And he's going to lead us to him because he wants to be with us more than we want to be with him. So we can do that corporately. We don't need to wait for the worship leader to, to say, okay, guys, let's sing this chorus together. No, if you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, that thing, Greg, we kept on singing. I can remember one thing, one thing you were singing this morning. I, I was hearing it. And I was like, man, I'm, and I joined in with them. It was some prophetic like little nugget that the Lord gave you. Do it. Step out. Sing it. I mean, these are some practical things that we can do together as a body. Don't, let's not be passive spectators of like the worship. Remember Josh's dream like uh, about the, the kind of spectator Christianity or coming to church on Sunday mornings to get entertained? Man, we need to mature past that. That's okay. If you're there, sort of, that's okay. There's grace for you, but let's mature. Let's grow up. Let's be the sons of God that God's called us to be. Let us mature to all the fullness of Christ. Let's pursue them together with abandonment, right? What I think, Margaret, what was that phrase you kept saying? 
Something about abandonment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Is that cool?